Teresa, come introduce our guest. God's good, amen? So I have had the awesome, amazing, and wonderful privilege of getting to host these young adults in my house since Friday. Um, and it's, it's just been so amazing. Um, so these young people are hungry for God. They spend time in his word. They spend time praying. And then I get to hear them at the dinner table or sitting in the living room talking about, well, God told me this, and he said that, and, and this happened because I listened to him back here. And when we went out um, for ministry on the street, and when we did ministry here, this is what God did. And um, it's, it's just been so cool for me to be able to hear that. And it makes me um, hungry for, for my conversation to be like that with you all, too, instead of just like, hey, how are you today? But to say, hey, like, God told me this this week. Like, this is what he's putting in my heart. This is what I shared with, with my neighbor or with somebody in the grocery store line this week. Like, the rest of us need. And I guess I'm, I'm guilty that I haven't done that the way that I should. But I'm hungry to, to start doing that more than I have been. So thank you all. And... Um, these young people, when you're in the Word, this confidence and this boldness comes out because you've spent time with God and you've heard Him. And because you've heard Him, then it becomes so much easier for it to just overflow and overspill to those people around you. So um, Giselle is going to come in a minute and share with you all. And this young lady is so anointed by God and she has such a heart for God and she she listens to him and then shares what God tells her so I'm excited to hear tonight this is just a Giselle she is the the team and squad leader thank you <laughs> So we'll see if if I get to them. Um, <laughs> um, wow, Lord, thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you so much, Jesus. Um, wow. I wanted to talk about something that I've been chewing on for quite some time now. The Lord and I have been sitting at his table eating this for quite some time <laughs> and I can never get enough of it and I love to sit with the father at his table 
we serve such a good master. And I remember um, there was one time I was praying with him and I said, Lord, I just need to understand what this life is all about. And I want to be your servant. I just want to serve you and your kingdom no matter the cost. And Jesus says, you're a servant that gets to eat at the master's table. And I'm like, wow, thank you, Lord. I don't need to eat at a separate table or on the floor. I get the master's table. So this is what the Lord and I have been eating together for about a year now. When I was preparing for my first missionary trip, um, I was trying to explain to people what a missionary was because I had to like fundraise and I had to write letters. And honestly, I had no idea what a missionary was either. And so I looked online and there was a definition on Google and it said a missionary is a person that promotes Christianity in foreign countries. And after a while, that definition just seemed so limited to me, and it just seems very incomplete, and it seems very, like, foreign country. Like, what about people that can't go to a foreign country, you know? Or what about people that, like, maybe they don't really know what Christianity is all about, so they don't really they can't really promote it, you know, because they don't understand it. Are they not missionaries? Are they not called into an intimacy with the Lord? Are they not called to spread kingdom? It just made me really ask a lot of questions to, to the Lord. And I said, Jesus, can we redefine this term? Can we redefine missionary? And so he took me to John 17, which I love because it is the prayer of Jesus before he was crucified, and it shows so much of his heart. And so we're just going to read the word together, if that's okay with y'all. Um, John 17, 17, it says, Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And so Jesus is referring to his disciples, and he's praying for his disciples before he gets crucified and betrayed and crucified. And I love this. It says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. So that means that it relieves a lot of pressure. Every day, if we sit with the word of God and if we allow ourselves to be taught by the Holy Spirit, we go through a process of being made holy. It's a sanctification. It's not like I have to wake up one day and be like, oh, I know everything. I could do everything. I can know everything. I could just serve kingdom. No, it's every single day learning the word of God, being led by the truth of God, and daily getting renewed and sanctified. So that takes a lot of pressure right off when it comes to like serving the Lord. So I'm like, okay, cool, Jesus. I like this. Let's keep eating. And then he says, just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And that's huge to me. You know, it doesn't say I am sending them into Africa. I am sending them into Haiti. I'm sending them into Eastern Europe. It says the world. Now, if you're called to Africa, Haiti, Eastern Europe, then that's awesome. But the world is all inclusive, which means that, y'all, Alabama gets it. 
Georgia gets it, California gets it, the grocery store gets it, all the churches gets it, the gas stations gets it, every single part of the world. That's where we are called to be sent out to, and I love that. So see, the original definition says those that promote Christianity in foreign countries, and you see how that's just not right. You know, it's not just foreign countries. It's every single part of the world, including your own country. And then it says, I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. And wow, Jesus, thank you so much. You are the holy sacrifice. There's no sacrifice that I can make that it will ever amount to Jesus. And I've counted the cost of following Jesus, and it's a very expensive, and there's parts that hurt. I have to leave my mom behind. I have to put my dreams on hold. There are some things that I wish I could do now, but I got to wait because I know I have to wait for the timing of the Lord. But it's, it's a, such a small sacrifice compared to Jesus himself who did this for us so that we could be made holy by his truth. Like, that's amazing. And then it says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Wow, so we're not just promoting Christianity. This is not an advertisement. This is not us walking around with a big old sign that says, Woo, I'm Christian. No, we're, we're to do this with a way that people see something different in us. You know, because anyone can hold up a sign and anybody could hold up the Bible, but can they really see the reflection of Jesus so that when you encounter someone who is not a disciple of Jesus, they will believe you because they see Jesus in you? That's, that's the game changer. That's the game changer. And then I said, okay, Lord, Ooh, this is getting so spicy, but I love spicy food. So that's what I'm eating at the master's table is spicy food. And I just said, I said, okay, this is good. This is good. I'm a disciple. This message is also for people who are not believers yet. And then it says, I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. So Jesus is referring to him and the Father. And he says, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I love that. His prayer before he was betrayed and crucified was for unity. He wants unity. He wants reconciliation with the Father. And we, the church of Christ, every believer in here should be united under one spirit. And I love, Pastor Rodney said it last Sunday, it doesn't mean we agree on everything. But it means that we seek to understand one another and move on with a spirit of unity and love, right? That's what we're supposed to be about. And so when us believers are fighting in the middle of the street, or when we have turmoil inside our own home, because we can't fight for a bond of peace and a spirit of unity within our own home, what reflection are we showing for non-believers who we're trying to invite into this intimate relationship with Jesus because it's amazing and it changes eternity. So it really makes you, wow, like, okay, Lord. And then this is, it goes on a little bit, and then it says, um, may they experience perfect unity, that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. And then the very end says, 
I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Again, it's a process of sanctification. It's a continual relationship with the Lord where you get deeper and deeper and deeper still. Because it doesn't say, I've already done it, I've revealed it, I'm leaving, peace. Here's the Holy Spirit, have fun. No, it says, I will continue to reveal more and more and more of God. So as we walk this life, we should be transforming. And then it says, then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. And I love that I am here, and my team is here, and we are all here together on this series where Pastor Rodney is talking about love, because that's what it's all about, y'all. It ends with that. It ends, then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. And if we can't do this off of the foundation of love, then it really just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so Jesus and I sat down and we redefined this based off of what he showed me in John 17, 17. And it says, a missionary is a person who has chosen with their heart and mind to follow Jesus and to humble themselves to the teaching of the Holy Spirit through the word of God in order to go through the process of daily sanctification. That sanctification is not for ourselves, but it is so that in partnership with the Holy Spirit, we can bring the love of Jesus and God's kingdom on earth wherever in the world we are, and that this is meant for believers and unbelievers for the purpose of unity in Christ and reconciliation with the Father. And that sounds a lot better. Was that an okay definition, y'all? Oh my goodness. I was like, thank you, Jesus. That makes so much more sense to me. That makes so much more sense. And you know why it makes so much more sense? Because now it's all inclusive. Now when I look around this room, everybody gets to do it. It's not just a person that gets to go to a foreign country. It's not just for a person that gets to hold a sign up that says, I'm Christian or Jesus loves you. But it's for every single person in this room because every single person in this room goes through this, right? We know that we are people who have chosen to love Jesus. We know the Holy Spirit. We know his power. We felt it. There's revival in this church. I said it on Sunday. I was like, Jesus, do I preach about revival? No, you already have it. The spirit of revival has already blown through this door. And I've been talking to you guys and fellowshipping with you guys, and you guys know it. Changes has happened. Change is scary. Conflict happens in change. But the Holy Spirit is one that will do what it needs to do in order for all of us to be united in Christ and really be empowered to spread kingdom. And all of you guys I know can do this. I know it. And, you know, I have amazing testimonies. The Lord has been so, so good. Testimonies of scheduled ministry time, you know, because we we work with ministries, we work with organizations. So um, wonderful times working with children and the, the homeless shelter and the elderly, but I have to say that the best time I've ever had with Jesus was when I'm not on the, on the clock per se, right? Like when I'm not really on scheduled ministry and I'm just kind of doing my own thing and then the Holy Spirit kind of like, well, he used to smack me on the back of the head because I was stubborn, but now he just gives me like, Delaney calls it Holy Spirit butterflies. You know, you get this little Holy Spirit butterflies, and you're like, oh, okay, he wants me to do something right now. 
which is a lot gentler than being smacked over the head. But anyways, he knows, he knows how, to, how to take care of me. But anyways, um, but my best moments of ministry is really outside of the ministry schedule. And it's when I'm willing to just be interrupted by the Holy Spirit. Every day when I wake up, I say, Jesus, what can I do for you today? Because I realized when I was first saved, I was always asking, Jesus, do this, do this, do this, do this. I was like a very needy, spoiled child. And then, you know, we all are supposed to rise above and become more spiritually mature over time. So over the years, now I just ask Jesus, what can I do for you, Jesus? And there are days where he just interrupts my daily routine. And one story I have is on Christmas Day, this past Christmas, I wanted to go to the park and I wanted to go for a run. But I also did ask Jesus to interrupt me, right? So I'm going for a run and then long behold, I see this woman and he's about to interrupt me. And honestly, I said, oh no, Jesus. I said, I'm actually doing good on this run. I've, I've, I've lasted five minutes, you know, and I haven't, I haven't walked. Like, I just want to keep going a little bit more. I got my timer on and everything. And I said, Jesus. And I honestly, I kept going to the point where my body started cramping. My legs started cramping. And I said, oh, no, I can't run anymore. And I knew it was because Jesus was like, wait, you asked me to interrupt you. And you have to be obedient, right? You, you ask him to do something. you got to obey when he pulls up, when he shows up. So then I said, okay, let me stop. Oh, I'm cramping. So I, like, turned around. The minute I turned around, I walked back to this lady, immediately stopped cramping. Thank you, Jesus, of course. And I sit with this lady, and she was just in tears. It was Christmas morning, and she was just in tears there at the park. And I said, hi, my name is Giselle. The Lord wants me to be with you. Can I sit with you? And she looked at me, and she said, every single person has passed me by. And I feel like I am nothing, and I feel like I'm just worthless and nobody has stopped to even wonder why I'm sitting here alone crying and I said well Jesus knows why you're sitting here alone crying and he sent someone to sit with you and you don't have to talk to me or tell me anything if it's too personal but I'm just gonna sit with you and we were just holding hugging each other there this stranger this woman that I've never met before and then pretty soon she opened up to me and her situation. She was a homeless woman who just got married, and there was a church that was helping her, but some changes happened within the church, and they no longer were able to help her and her husband. So they ended up um, continuing on with living this, this life of homelessness. And, you know, it hurt me because she's been burned by that church. So now not only does she feel worthless and unseen and unimportant, but she's like a little bitter, right? And so it was a beautiful moment of me just listening to the Holy Spirit and just asking like, wow, Holy Spirit, what do I do in this situation? And then long behold, in a couple of minutes, her husband comes. But then her husband comes, then their friend comes, and another friend comes, and then another friend comes. And then before you know it, there's like, there's like 12 of us sitting here in this space. And we just started talking about Jesus. Nothing crazy, nothing fancy. We didn't even talk about the church because there's bitterness there. So I wanted to bring in the love of Jesus first, you know, because 
Because to fight bitterness, to fight anger, to fight, you know, resentfulness, you got to bring love in. So I just told her the truth. Jesus loves you all. And this is such a great time. Do you know who Jesus is? And we just got to fellowship and hang out. And before you know it, it was six, four, four and a half, almost six hours later, I was just sitting there with them the whole time. And it was just a group of these homeless people who hasn't been approached in Lord knows how long. Some of them know Jesus. They chose homelessness, which is awesome. But over the years, their faith has dwindled down because no one's ever stopped to encourage them. So they felt fired up and more encouraged, and they felt new energy of reason why they chose homelessness. They chose homelessness to spread the gospel. They did like the Luke 10, give everything up, abandon everything I know to follow the gospel. And it was just this beautiful time of getting to hang out and fellowship with them and talking about Jesus and reminding them how seen and loved and worthy they are. And that was just a random, I just wanted to run. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just wanted to go out and run. And I had no idea that the Lord was going to use me in that way. And then in the end, they said to me, thank you so much for being with us. It's been so long since we felt like we were seen. And I want to encourage you with that story because your ministry is sometimes people that are right in front of your eyes. It's going to be the woman at the grocery store who might look like they're just shopping, but the Holy Spirit will give you a word of knowledge to let you know that actually she needs prayer. It's going to be your classmates out in the soccer field who is going to feel like their worth is tied up in playing soccer and playing sports. And you're going to need to listen to the Holy Spirit so that you could tell them that their value is more than just sports, that their identity is actually that they are children of God and that Jesus loves them. And it's going to be your own family. It's going to be your daughter, your husband, your wife, your aunt. It's going to be them. And you don't have to be going to a foreign country. You just need to know Jesus and pursue Jesus and love him intimately and get to know his word and listen to his voice and obey. That's the thing, and obey. Because he talks a lot, but it's up to us to listen, surrender, and obey. And then we get to spread kingdom wherever we go. And there's a lot of people when I came back home that said, wow, I wish that I could do what you did. You traveled for a whole year to different countries. And I said, please do what I did here, right where you are, right where you are. Um, we need it so much. America needs it so much. Um, see if Holy Spirit has any other dessert leftovers. Okay, y'all. That's all, that's all I got for you.
took a breath You breathe your life in me You have been so, so kind to me And earn it, I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. All the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God.
couldn't earn it I don't deserve it Still you give yourself